0: AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, God bless. I want to talk to you today, part two. On the origins of incubus and succubus. We're going to be dealing with the Benai Elohim sleeping with the daughters of Ish. Or you and I get the word dirt or earth or human or humus. Or we're going to recap. We're going to dig and dive deeper into this topic of the origins of incubus and succubus. The Latin words for demons impersonating both male gender female gender and um, their interactions with human beings as far as concerning sexual fantasy, uh, attacking people uh, at night, fondling, crazy, crazy stuff. What does the Bible have to say actually about this? Is it even relevant and prevalent in today's culture? We're going to get into this today. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. My name is Alexander Pagani. I'm the lead pastor uh, and Apostle of Amazing Church located here in the Bronx, New York City. All right. I'm an Apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this allows me to have revelatory insight on a vast number of topics to be able to look at them from a apostolic doctrinal perspective. We gonna get it in today. All right. Find part one of this. So that way, part two, you won't be lost or walk out of here saying that I'm teaching um, unorthodox uh, biblical revelation or I'm teaching presuppositions as doctrine or uh, dogmatic uh, views, not being exegetical to Bible verses, whatever the case may be. Listen, everything that I'm going to say today is extremely, extremely plausible but it but also very probable. And what do I mean by that is this. I'm going to show you ba- various uh biblical verses and we're really going to wrestle with this thing and we're going to allow the holy spirit to show us some stuff. All right? So let me let me let me let me uh, open up uh the the premise and paint the picture for you guys so that way we could kind of kind of get it in. So I forewarn you. All right, forewarn you if If you're going to look for a flaw, you're going to find it because I'm teaching plausible theology, which means this is my own personal opinion based on various scriptures that I'm looking at, but I'm not teaching them as doctrine. They're not doctrine. But first, let me say this. The book of Enoch is a validated canonical scripture book and writings that was embraced by the early church. There's no way around that one. The book of Enoch was included in the early, uh, um, the early and first uh, biblical narratives and scriptures and scrolls as a validated source. You want to know why? Because the book of Jude, whose real name is Judas, the biological brother of Jesus of Nazareth, his biological brother, according to the flesh, um, cites the book of Enoch, cites the book of Enoch. So... The early church would not cite something, quote something, if it was not recognized as a validated source. So um, the book of Enoch was included. Where is the book of Enoch now? Excluded by the Council of Nicaea, aka the Roman Catholic Church. They took it out for one thing. They took it out because of the story of the Watchers or... The Benai Elohim, sons of God, sleeping with the daughters of men and producing what is called a race of Nephilim or Nephilim, whichever way you want to say it, which are a hybrid. So with that being said, the Catholic Church extracted it out of the Bible and it has been lost ever since. Um, But those of us that are informed uh, pastors and apostles and prophets, well, we know this already. We know it already. Um, and we know that there are more books of the Bible that are not included in the 66. Let's just get this out of the way. There were more epistles. The book of Colossians chapter four, the apostle Paul talks about an epistle written to the church in Laodicea. We don't have that epistle, but Paul wrote it. We find various uh, uh, biblical figures also writing, writing stuff that we do not have today. The Bible also quotes from the book of Jasher. Go read it. We don't have the book of Jasher. The Bible also quotes the book of Ahijah, the book of Iddo, the book of Nathan. Nathan the prophet also wrote a book. Go read it. Are not the accounts of Solomon's reign also written in the book of Nathan the prophet? So we don't have these writings. We don't have these writings and we don't even know where they are at. All right. So what you and I have right now is what is traditionally uh, handed down to us from the original Texas Receptus. Did you catch what I'm saying? The Texas Receptus is the original scrolls penned by the authors themselves. They were called autographs written by them themselves. And what you and I have is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. You catch it. Oh, that's good. As for scrolls. Amen. Amen. That was good. That was good. So you and I have 66, but there are more. Now watch this. Let me throw this in there because we're wrestling with this. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, the secret things belong unto the Lord. What's revealed is belongs unto us. Now watch this. You can find those secrets. You know how I know? If the Bible says the secret things belong unto the Lord, what did M- Matthew chapter 13 said to the apostles? He said, unto you, it is given to know the secrets of the kingdom. That means whatever is secret, you can find out if God can trust you with it. You see, let's go even a step further. If there's certain things that's going to shake your faith, he won't reveal it to you. Like you still think that the Bible translation that you use is perfect. Baby, there are corruptions In the King James, I could show them to you myself, but if that shakes your faith, then God is going to keep you blinded to that truth because God cares about your eternal state than your mental agreement. The truth of the matter is one, King James was gay. We know that he was sleeping with boys and the only thing he is in charge of is sanctioning the Bible being written. For the commoner. Did you catch that? There's no way around that one. Go look it up, all right? Your little King James person was not saved and sanctified, and you KJV lovers he was gay. There's just just no way around it. The Bible translations that you read is corrupt. Of course we know it's corrupt. I could point out the flaws in various verses. The numbers don't make sense. Solomon in one verse says 700 horsemen. And then in the same story in first Chronicles, it says 7,000. Baby numbers don't lie. The same story with the apostle Paul in his conversion, he says, those that with me, were with me saw light, heard nothing. He says the same story to Felix and, and, King Agrippa. And he says the opposite of the story. They they, they heard something, but saw no light. Paul, which one is it? Did you catch what I just said? I could keep going. I could keep going. Let me, let me did you, did you catch what I just said? Now, if you're not ready to hear this, log off. If you're not ready, if if you're going to walk out of here talking about this guy done done destroyed my faith, baby, I'm warning you, hop on, on out of here and catch me when I start doing my exhaustive word study. But for the rest of us, we know what's going on. There is a global Nephilim agenda by secret elite groups behind the scenes pushing, pushing an agenda to date it all the way back to Genesis chapter 6. Let me tell you how you find out what real prophecy is. So in the end, as it was in the beginning, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, So shall the coming of the son of man be as in the days of Noah. So if you want to find out your prophetic future, you have to look at the end, the mysteries of prophetic antiquity, which means you got to go back to the beginning. So if you want to know how it's going to end, you got to go back and read everything before the Torah. Which means Abraham had no Bible. Let's just establish that. There was no Bible for Abraham. Jacob didn't have no Bible. Did you catch it? Job did have no Bible, which is considered the oldest book of the Bible. They didn't walk around with scripture. They didn't have canon. They had a real relationship with the God of heaven and earth, and God still talked to them. All they had was oral prophetic words being trapped passed down by the tradition of their fathers. And I love I love that because then it leaves room to let us know that God is beyond our little blueprint and our little dogma and a little box that we keep locking him in. He is beyond that. How were these men able to connect with the God without no Bible? Very simple. God is not limited to black letters on a white page. So you want to find out the end find out the end then you have to go back to the beginning jesus said as in the days of lot well very simple to understand what he meant by that you gotta read the story of lot did you catch it as in the days of noah then you gotta go back to that and these stories of an antiquity were really mysteries and sandwiched in there in genesis chapter 6 is the story of the Benai elohim lusting after the daughters of men. Notice how it did not say lusting after the sons of men. Now let me establish why they did not lust after men. Because everything that God does is male in essence. The word father means source. Did you catch it? That's why God is not mother God. I don't care what nobody's saying. And this whole modern movement and liberalism that is gripping uh modern uh society trying to make God unisex. Baby, no, God is Father when you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. That's why God is neither Mother God and He is neither this unisexual creature of both male and female. No, He is not. He is a Father. He is a source. That's why Jesus is not the daughter of God. He is the Son of God. That is why when God created Adam, he was a son of God, not a daughter of God. Don't shoot the messenger. You take that up with Father God and tell me what He tells you. Now, with that being said, all of the angels, all of the angels are male in essence. There ain't no female angels. Why? There's no way around it. You don't find a scripture a uh, famine of, fem- of- female or feminine angels, you find them all in masculine. They're all masculine in gender. So when God created Adam, there was nothing to lust after because Adam looked like us. We know Adam looked like them because the Bible said he made man a little lower than the angels, which means not too far from the original copy. Ah. It says, what a man that you are mindful of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. It says little. Little means not too far. Also, oh, then that makes sense. When Jesus said, when you die, you will be as the angels, which means when you die, you go a little higher. Did you catch what I just said? So when God created Adam, there was nothing to lust after. There was nothing to lust after because he was just another masculine being made in the image and the likeness of God, or rather made in the image and the likeness of the father and the son, not the mother and the daughter. Watch this. But when God created Eve, she was a female. Notice how male is still in there. Female, when they saw the female species the fallen ones began to lust because they had never seen that not only is this new is forbidden fruit we can't touch that so forbidden fruit is the sweetest so they began to lust and not only that this female has the ability to reproduce. All I have to do is give this species the right genome and they will be able to continue my image. So watch this. You can't do that with male, masculine. Did you catch what I just said? You can't do that. You can't do it. Did you catch it? But you can do it with a female. Now, we know it's possible. Now, the whole idea of hybrid and demigod is a fairy tale. I'm telling you that your biblical institutions have taught you wrong because you can't believe that Jesus is both 100% God and 100% man unless you can believe that the, humanly it is possible to intermix the two to be one flesh. Jesus is both son of God, Christ, the eternal one who never had a beginning and never had an end. And then you have Jesus son of Mary or rather son of man. Look at this son of man. Did you catch it? So you can't sit here and believe in the deity, death, burial and resurrection unless you really believe that it is even humanly physically possible to do so that the gods can live among us because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Did you catch what I'm saying? Jesus said, when you see me, you see the very Father. Not a representation of the Father. Not a likeness of the Father. You see me, you see the Father. Did you catch what I just said? I'm setting up and painting a picture so that we could get it in because the Apostle Paul said something. Now watch this. So, watch this. Then why would it be something Far-fetched to believe, watch this, that these fallen angels who are already vast in superior knowledge, strength, understanding, uh, in in essence, if they could manipulate, if they, watch this, watch this, demons are the origins of lust. Why wouldn't demons lust after women? They don't lust after men. They want to kill us men but they lust after women. We know that they lusted because the Bible said they came down and they broke. Watch this. They broke the established rule established by God that spirits cannot manifest on the earth. That's just why you don't go around seeing angels walking around, demons walking around. Now people could be demon-like and that's a whole nother topic for another day. They broke rank. The Bible says they left their first estate. They came down and they snatched up. They snatched up this woo man, manipulated the human genome and reproduced after their own kind, the Nephilim, who was an unregistered race of human beings who, watch this, who cannot be held accountable to the courtroom of heaven because they don't, it's not registered that they exist. Now you know why there isn't any autonomous Nephilim. There aren't any autonomous Nephilim in the Old Testament doing good. You don't find it. Why? Because if you know that you could do evil and not be held accountable, then what you gonna do? You gonna be evil exceedingly. So when the Lord So when the Lord looked on the earth, he saw that the earth was exceedingly wicked to the point that there was only one man who was uncontaminated in his, the Bible says, generations or rather in his generations, in his genes, there was only one man. This lets me know, watch this. Watch this. His sons wasn't cleansed. His wives and neither his son's wives, they were all contaminated. Only Noah. That's another topic for another day. And watch this. God destroys the earth with a cataclysmic flood. Am I talking good? Watch this. Now, oh, let me, let me, let me interject some stuff before that even happened. Prior to that time, these Nephilim are the ones who built the megalithic structures that you see all over the earth. And they also were in league with human beings at that time. This predates Illuminati. This predates Pharaoh. Let me tell you something. There were movements way back then. The Order of Gilgamesh, the Brotherhood of the Snake, the evil descendants of Cain. Baby, let's go back. Listen, all this this stuff that we see now, Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberger Group, baby, that's child's play, man. It's the ones that we don't know about. Those are the dangerous ones. All this other stuff, those are the mascots for the movement. That's the mascots. Yeah, let them get caught up with all of that stuff. But really, behind here, we're the ones controlling this thing. And what are they trying to control? Well, very simple. And, and let me even throw this in there. Even the Smithsonian Institute is in league with that stuff. Even NASA. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Let's get it in. Let's keep going. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It's kind of like you still still think the world is round. Is it flat or is it round? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Thought I'd throw that one in there. It's round. But let's just say, flat earth theory, it's plausible. Look at this. All right. Look at this. Look what the Bible says. Um, so here we got God destroys the race of the Nephilim, right? So now these spirits have nowhere to go. Did you catch it? And yes, I'm an authentic, validated, exegetical, orthodox Christian. And yet I'm informed. Just in case you think this guy's off the deep end. I'm a born again, tongue talking, baptizing the Holy Ghost, apostolic, prophetic, fivefold, historical church believer, loves the Lord, Pentecostal, you name it. I love the Lord and I'm still informed. I'm not ignorant. There is an agenda. There is an agenda to keep this out of your ears, even by well-meaning pastors, because they think you might not be ready. I'm telling you that the church pews are filled with people who are not ignorant. They're not as dumb as we think they are. They're highly intelligent people who just want to be told the truth. Let's keep going. All right. Now look at this. So now, So now look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this These spirits have nowhere to go So it is presupposed or presuppositional theology That they became demons Why? Well, very simple Because 2 Peter chapter 2 talks about Angels, fallen angels locked in prison. The book of Jude talks about angels locked in prison. So if they're locked in prison, they can't do any functioning. So then what is causing all the functioning? Well, very simple, plausible theology here, um, is potentially the disembodied spirit of the Nephilim that are the demons wanting to re-inhabit. If there was, watch this, the Benai Elohim lusting after the daughters of men, ah, oh, then it's possible that it happened and the ancient believers believed it. Oh, we know the ancient believers believe it because first, and here is where we get it in. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 10 says something so powerful that it's going to require the Holy Spirit to reveal more of this secret. Watch this. Concerning woman. For this cause, let's, let's start with verse eight. Let's keep it in context. For for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Stop right there. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for man. So now we have of man and for man. Verse 10, closing context. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head or over her body, because of the angels. Stop right there. Paul is saying, baby, listen, cover yourself because of the angels. Stop right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, listen. The ver- Listen, listen. What the verse says here. For this cause ought the woman to have power over her own body or over her body in covering it. Because of the angels. Why did Paul write that in there? Well, very simple. He is indirectly referring to, through revelation, something that happened in antiquity that causes the angels to lust after the woman's functioning. Because let me tell you something, the demons don't care about your body. They care about your functioning. Now watch this. Listen, they are the origins of lust. Why wouldn't they lust? Why wouldn't they look at Eve and lust? Why wouldn't they look at the daughters of Eve and lust? Now, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up with, hey, listen, you're protected by the blood of Jesus. And you got angels protecting you. But understand, Paul is letting us know that there is something that happened that we need to understand. And it's this demonic infiltration of the human species to manipulate and for them to find legal grounds to function as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the son of man be. Watch this. So there is a demon group called incubus succubus. It is a term coined by the Catholic Church or a Latin word. The incubus is a demon spirit impersonating male gender to, uh, female gender to, m- to fondle, to rape, to, uh, invade, your where do you think those where you think your wet dreams come from? You think that's just your body looking to release itself? Can't your body release itself without a wet dream? Please excuse the vulgarity of my language, but let's just talk honest here. Can't you have an emission for those of you that are single and your body's needing to release? It has to be through the context of a sexual dream. Something's off here. Or or maybe the incubus knows that your body is in a heightened state of desperate. Desperality That it says Now is a perfect time To give him a wet dream Because He is really struggling right now And his body is really Did you catch What I just said? Did you catch it? Let me tell you something man There are authentic believers Who love the Lord And if they're honest They will tell you and if they're, Especially if they're single Especially if they're single As a matter of fact I helped someone get delivered A couple weeks ago um, From a masturbation And this person told me that Almost every other day around three, four in the morning, something was on their, around their bed growling and they couldn't stop. And they ended up fulfilling all the way to the point of completing the whole masturbation process. And this person, listen to me, is a minister. I'm just being honest with you before you get into that's impossible. That's unexegetical, That's unhemiletically correct. Baby, these are real people who love the Lord. Love the Lord. Look, I had a dream and was touched the other day. Come on, you gonna sit here and say they're not Christian and they're not saved? Or you gonna do the normal thing that most pastors do? My brother, my sister, just go pray about it. Praying about it, don't remove a demon. No, it it does not. It does not. Amen. Listen, I'm talking good. I am talking (laughs) real good. Let's keep going. Watch this. Now watch this. The Bible says that as in the days of Noah, So shall the coming of the settlement What are they looking to do? Well, very simple They are looking to become legal And to do functioning And if they find a foxhole They will crawl in Now watch this There are some people Watch this Whose dream life Is so bombarded By sexual fantasy Sexual innuendos Borderline soft porn All of that stuff Stuff dwelling in the subconscious area who love the Lord? Who love the Lord? Who wake up? Have you ever had a moment where you wake up feeling shameful and guilty? Like you did something as if you did fornicate, even though you didn't fornicate. And you're like, what the heck is this? Come on, guys. Let's don't ignore. Let's not go. In, let's not go into our little prophetic corners and hide into our turn around, touch your neighbor corners. But maybe these, Listen, people are getting attacked. People are getting attacked. <laughs> Succubus is the opposite. It's demons impersonating male and gripping desperate women who want to be married or who are, who are, who are married, but who are having closed certain portals, certain, certain soul ties. They're living, those demons are living right there and they're having, they got a normal sex life with their spouse. But their fantasy is in another place. Did you catch it? Their, their husband is performing all of the duties, but in their mind and in the emotion and the heart of that woman, she is thinking about someone else and then asking God to forgive her afterwards. Baby, listen, come on, let's not, let's, let's get, let's get it in. Let's get it in. Now you know, watch this, watch this. The role of incubus and succubus is to invade your subconscious life. You know how no? Because Genesis chapter six says, God wasn't looking at their actions. He said, every thought and intention. Intention is your subconscious level. It says the thoughts and the intention of their heart was desperately wicked. So when God saw they were completely invaded, not to mention we'd be spending five hours on Facebook, three hours on TV. Did you catch it? Uh, Ten hours watching movies. All of that intake, all of that intake. All of that stuff. Well, what do you think? What do you think is passing through? Baby, listen, man, listen. those things are just coming straight in. And now you know why the book of Job says, I will make a covenant with my eyes. i make a covenant with my eyes. And now you know why Jesus said, if you look with a woman, you have committed adultery with your eyes. Let me give you this verse and then I'm done. We'll we'll tackle this. We'll go further in part three. Watch this. Turn with me to Psalm 24, and I should write a book on this. On this Psalm 24, I'm going to show you something. It's going to bless you. Look at this. Psalm 24 uh, says, verse six. This is the generation of them that seek Him. Psalm 24 started started with verse six. Them that seek Thy face, O. Jacob, Selah, look at verse 7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, lift ye up the everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in, what is the gates and everlasting doors, what are the gates and the everlasting doors, did you catch what I just said, what is the gates and the everlasting doors, very simple, Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, We have a body made not with human hands, but eternal in the heavens. Well, this body has gates and doors. Eye gates, nose gate, mouth, ear, skin, hair, privates. Did you catch it? Beard, hair follicles. Watch this. The Bible says, look at this. It says, Lift up your head, O ye gates. Which means lift up your gates. Then it says, lift ye up the everlasting doors. Well, what is the everlasting door? Eye, nose, mouth. Or how about this? Taste, touch, smell, see, hear. Did you catch it? Watch this. I'm going to bless you with something. Look at this. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Watch this. We have been reading that psalm from the context of worship since the millennia. Psalm 24 is about deliverance. As soon as you lift up and open the doors, the mighty warrior comes in to do fighting. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. It didn't go, it doesn't go in talking about worship. Psalm 24 says, when you open your eyes and ear gates, is allowing the King of glory to come in for him to do battle and remove what's there. Let me read it again. Lift up your head, O ye gates Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors And the king of glory shall come in Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty The Lord mighty in battle Notice how it goes right into battle, not worship Watch this Lift your heads, O ye gates Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors And the king of glory shall come in It's repeating himself Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts The Lord of the armies of heaven It goes right into battle mode again Let's read it. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Notice how, notice how every time you open, God comes in functioning as a warrior, removing what doesn't belong. Oh, so then Jesus said, I give you the keys to the, I'm the kingdom. The kingdom is now, the Bible says in Mark chapter seven, the kingdom cannot be observed. It says for the kingdom of God is within you. Oh, I'm the kingdom. Oh, I give you the keys to your gates and doors. Bang. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave you open and I'm gonna drop my mic. Walk away. We're gonna continue this. The next time I get on for part three, because I'm really going to get it in about, we going to get it in concerning demigods, Hercules. Oh, that that doesn't sound too far off. Samson. Ah, they I not ready for that. Oh, and why did Samson touch the donkey? Why did the clean touch another species? Kill a thousand men. And I not ready for, as in the old, so in the new. Prophetic prototype. He touched another species and got strong. Did you catch it? Hey listen, nobody taught me this The Holy Spirit done talk to me Listen to me, listen to me I talk to God and he talks to me back I hear from God Pagani hears from God I speak to God, he talks back to me And he shows me stuff I have more to show the body of Christ But I'll do it in 10 years I'm gonna leave it there I got more to say to the present body of Christ But I'll say it in 10 years Y'all not ready yet (laughs) Hey Listen I'm gone. The Lord's grace and favor and blessing be upon all of you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.